And so I was like, fuck man, like this is the boat crew thing. Like I gotta, cause each of us are our own little tribe, mm. right? Like there are three stages in a team and it's formation, growth and sustainment. What is up, fellow Legacy Ninja? Welcome to the next episode of the Legacy Dating Podcast. How often have you gone through life and have faced such a low in your life that you thought you would be better off not being part of the world or being part of society? When you sat there and thought about it, what was that end result of if you were gone... What was the impact that you'd have on other people because of you not being around and not being present? Sometimes those dark journeys that we go along are necessary for us to really impact the lives of others and to give a voice to others that feel like they don't have a voice. So on this episode, we had a phenomenal conversation with Riley Smith. Word of warning, if you have kids that are listening to the podcast, This episode may not be one of those episodes that you want them to listen to or hear. Um, Also, just a word of warning too, sometimes when individuals go through a dark journey, a dark spot, the low lows, ultimately to get through that, it's the joking and it's the humor that helps them get through that and to heal. And so within the conversation with Riley, he really became open and vulnerable with sharing that dark path that he's been down how that has led him to where he's at now what he wants to create legacy wise and how he want to impact the lives of others within the episode we talk about being the change you want to see being the change that impacts the lives of others we talk about the power of your pain to springboard you forward to your dreams and your vision and what you're trying to build legacy wise and the power of using previous dreams, previous motivations as fuel to drive you towards those bigger ideas, those bigger purposes that you have within life. So after the episode, take the time and really see what it is for you that maybe it was the dark spot, maybe it was a low, low point that you're scared to share and you don't want to show up and share with others. But understand the power of what that does for others by being vulnerable and transparent and just being a human. We all have a story that's meant to be shared. You have a story that's powerful and is meant to be heard by somebody else. Don't hold back. Other than that, enjoy the episode. We'll catch you later. What is up, fellow Legacy Ninjas? We want to welcome you to the next part of the journey here with the legacy digging process and having our guests that we know come on and share what they are doing with creating their legacy, how they're living it, and just those different points that they may drop that is the item that you need in regards to digging that legacy. So we got Scott Brant, Patrick Murakami, and... Flaming Dragon, baby. <laughs> no, Riley Smith. Yep. So uh, we had the pleasure of meeting Riley about a couple months ago, and just his story, his energy, and what he's about really fits in here. Patrick and I talked about the fact that meeting Riley and just seeing where he's at and what he's bringing to the forefront, he's got a lot that will be coming out, and I think we see it in him, and I think he's starting to tap into it. 
but it's the sharing process of somebody that's early on is starting to do some big things and wanting to make some changes in the endeavor that is the passion and the fuel for them. And so, Riley, when you look and you consider the legacy piece and what that means to you, what does that pertain? The legacy, I guess, was just fire. So I came a little unprepared. Dude, legacy to me is um, legacy is it's not about you. Right. Like that's why legacy is so important. The word the word legacy is is super important because it, it you're gone. Nobody gives a shit about you anymore. And like we come and go and our dust and, and just this energy that can be blown away, but a legacy cannot a legacy, an idea, you know, is more powerful than a person what you leave behind. And so legacy is important because it's, it's right. That's what you leave behind for other people. So for me, um, that's what it means is day in, day out, like staying focused, laser focused on like that one central goal and like continuing to develop that. So you have something to leave behind. And for me, I think about like my brothers and I think about my brother's kids and I'm like, shit, man, like, you know what, like you have, you know, the know-how and the resources and whatever to just pack up, move to Northeast, like Maine, move to out of country, whatever, go be a hermit and just like, you know, smack it and, and lift weights and run. But I'm like, fuck, like if I do that, what's my legacy? And then people say, well, why do you give a shit about legacy? Like, well, cause other people matter more than I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, not even just my people, like my brothers and their kids are representations of like my boys and, and their kids and their kids, kids. Like I care about Pat's kids and your kids, like, um, you know, and their kids and like, it's important. Right. And if we don't think about that and take a, a second to step back and elevate above our own ego and our own bullshit and realize that like, man, even if it means tearing yourself down, like really tearing yourself down. And we know what the fuck that means. Like, each person relatively to, to that level, dude, that's what you, you got to do what you got to do. It's worth it. Like yeah. this endeavor, that's a life worth living. Like legacy is like, it's a life worth living. That's a why that you can grip onto and fucking like live. It'll keep you alive. Like legacy is important. This is an important podcast. Mm. That's question one, everybody. <laughs> yeah. uh, for those of you who are listening, right? So again, we've had the pleasure of getting to, to know Riley the first time we did a recording for a live podcast and it was it was really incredible honestly man mm-hmm. like we enjoyed it so much I fa- in fact I connected to you I think with three or four people that evening or the next day right yeah. uh, of people yeah. that I thought because uh, you talked about writing a book uh, some other people who whom I thought would be really great <laughs> what's awesome about the whole thing is that the journey that you shared right and so what I want to tap into just to kind of allow the legacy ninjas who are listening to this Mm -hmm. really understand kind of the path that you've gotten to where you're here and then we'll resume kind of the next portion as to where you're headed sure yeah so and you can start wherever uh you want to honestly in regards absolutely yeah yeah grew up in indiana um did the the athlete thing um the best i could you know always was uh kind of channeled into that leadership role i always felt the pull to take care of the younger kids the scrawnier kids like things like that i was always pulled to like to serve in some way. When I was about 12 years old, I started uh, 12, 13. I knew at nine with minor league baseball, as I've been thinking and writing and kind of going through my subconscious and things like that. Also the last podcast, I was so, I took so much weed to like calm down, like so much THC <laughs> and actually like got me all excited. So I was all weird. And I was also, I guess we'll get there at some point, but I was also, you know, microdosing or macrodosing at times with five minutes to stay up and 
I was an insomniac, you know, and I was driving myself insane to build that legacy. Mm. So last time I was a little bit of a weirdo, right? I'm always kind of a weirdo, you know, like <laughs> you don't do the things that, you know, we've each done or whatever, not be a weirdo. But around 12, 13, I knew I wanted to be a commando and lead commandos into, into combat. I remember crying and cutting myself because I felt bad that I like wasn't in Vietnam, like covering these dudes and shit. I was like, <laughs> what a weirdo. Like, why do you feel this way? But I feel this way. I felt so bad. And I was, had so much passion to serve and, and to kill people and to bad people mm. and to protect good people. And I like, I trained hard and I felt that way, like on the football field, like, you know, like, I'm like, man, if I don't fill this hole, like fucking, he's going to have to fill this hole and he's going to get broke. So like, I'll just get broke. And like that shit, it was always inside me. Right. And like all this stuff. And so I'm going through middle school, high school and cutting myself and starts in self-harm and like all this like spiral down. Right. Do what I have to do because at the time, you know, read every book in the library, listen to all the podcasts, like still like same way, like always reading, always writing, always listening, like trying to learn and get better and tame this demon hell monster that's inside me. So I go to the Naval Academy because naively I thought like, that's not the best place. And like, I was fat. Like I wasn't in that great shape because like this depression, like I was going home and eating like bowls of peanut butter with like fucking whipped cream on it. Like I didn't fuck. I was like, but I was lifting hard and running. And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And like poisoning myself. And so by the grace of God, get a senator to sign off, like do all these interviews and shit, go through all this, get the appointment, go to the prep school, um, spend a year at Naval Station, Newport, Rhode Island, pass Naval Academy Preparatory School, graduate that, go down to Annapolis, Maryland, do that gig the whole time, just belligerently depressed. And like the whole time, like as we all go through, you know, being told you're not shit, you can't do shit, mm. you know, like it comes out pretty quick when you're the dude that's like working the hardest and carrying the rucks and running and doing pull-ups and working out all the time that like you want to be a SEAL team guy. And so as soon as that gets out, like Katie bar the door, like you're about to get a lot of knives your way because, mm. you know, dudes want to do it too. And it's everyone that's insecurity. And so you point it outward. Oh, I'm afraid I can't be a SEAL. So you actually, Hey, fuck you. Yeah. Now across <laughs> the room. And I fell prey to that too. Like it was a competition. You know, there are only so many slots. And so it's like, you know, if you can run PSYOP, you know, warfare on these dudes or whatever. And it's a competition until you get to like the selection process. And then it's a competition. Plus like you get broke down where like, you want to help your boys. Like you also want to remember, like, this is about being a good dude and like you need to lead and shit, but cutting myself throughout there. I know what it feels like to, you know, bleed out on the floor. I've done that now two or three times, you know? And so I'm going through dealing with this. I, I run triathlon, um, shot for the Navy for a year, did some dynamic shooting, I moved on to triathlon, which is where I knew I needed to be to achieve the, the SEAL team thing. Go there, you know, we just was surrounded by some great people and uh, was able to, to train hard, broke my body totally down, torn shoulders, knees, hips, all of it, you know, go through all the selection process, do what I have to do to get the top spots. Don't end up going the SEAL team route. Instead, had the uh, surgeries on the shoulders and hips. Uh, that was soul crushing. Um, I remember that night, that was the first time I'd ever done alcohol as a drug. Like this is the first time I had ever done, you know, like a class one or whatever. And I, I did cocaine at, um, had hacked me this bar. So I did cocaine in there and then went back to my room and just like, just fucking laid into my arm, you know? And like one of my first tattoos is this like quote here on my arm and it's, it's about family. And, and, um, because I would cry into my arms, I would cut myself and cut my legs and stuff. And so I wanted to like, try to, to stay alive. I started getting tattoos. So I like read them and like, you know, like try to fucking help me live. The reason I'm sharing these things, right, is because I want people to understand it's okay to share these things and be like totally vulnerable. 
And it also is laying this foundation for like where I'm going, this legacy thing, right? Like why this is important to me. Like you have to have context to understand like the why, how, and the what, you know, to like where I'm going and what I'm going to do. And so I kept myself living, you know, with a blaster in my mouth forever, ruined relationships left and right. Like went from being like Mr. Popular relatively, you know, to, you know, like, I guess nuclear, right? Like that dude is like always depressed. That dude is always like in a bad spot. And it's like, yeah, motherfucker, like I'm always there for you and you're in a bad spot, you know? So it's this double-edged sword. Like it always does like somewhere in the middle, like, yeah, I know I got to like work on my own shit, but like, I'm always there for you. And like, let's meet in the middle. And so I have abandonment issues and trust issues and uh, big issues with depression and suicide. And I, I'm as familiar as anyone with that world. You know, I can talk that shit for days and yes. I, I do these days. And <laughs> you know uh, that I know. So yeah. And so get those orders pulled. So like everything I'd ever worked for, took the number one spots for consistently forever, pulled for me. And so that was my dream. That was who I was. That was what I know knew I was born to do. And got sent to a ship, which is like a fate worse than death. So for dudes like me. And so go to a ship, um, an officer on the ship, do what I have to do, deploy midway through deployment. I get flown off because I I snagged that that number one or two spot and it was one or two to oh it was it was two because I wasn't there long enough to be the number one guy and that's the captain was like this is why I'm signing off to fly you off and spend all this money to get you back to selection on Coronado and so get flown off go back doing fine performing and I'm, I'm in this one Evo that I like fucking smashed several years before and I know exactly how to do it and I mean I'm fucking just getting it and like to the point where I'm low crawling you know however far and the dude stops me and I can't fucking breathe. I got sandal in my mouth. And, you know, my, my dick's chafed all the way off. And I was like, look behind you, look behind you. And I like, look behind me. I can't even fucking see the other people. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go, baby. And like, so I'm like, go. You know, like, I'm not out of the fight. Like, Riley got broke, surgeries. He's older. He's fucking, like, coming back just straight off deployment, right? Actually, I got to go home first, train for a few weeks, and then go back. So it wasn't that, let's not embellish here, but whatever. <laughs> And he comes back and he's not the muscular dude. He's not like the dude, like he's the unassuming guy. And I still had it. So I was like, fuck yeah, Riley, like, let's go. In the middle of this evolution, um, starts feeling like, you know, if you guys ran over and put a couple of bike pumps in my legs and in my shoulders and just, <laughs> it was, I was out and then I was in the hospital. And so it was um, some rhabdo, had a, um, a, like a heat stroke or, and a, uh, they said it was a seizure hmm. and then had this the rock that I was carrying at the time, like when I passed out, like, you know, you fall down, the rug weight goes through your head. And so a little bit more brain trauma that I, I certainly don't need. Woke up after all this shit that I put in, like, I wish I would have died there. I really do. Um, now I don't as much. I'm coping with that. But for a very long time, up until, I mean, really now, and like, I still kind of wish I would have died there. And it, part of me did die there. And I've lost a lot of me and, and found more i you know i lost a lot of me but what i'm realizing is you can pick up more energy as you go and rebuild yourself she comes in and says hey when you get out of here like get your shit like you're done and like treating me like i'm like some kind of quitter or something and i'm like i defeat it like rebroken you know uh it was just horrible and um when I got back to uh, the compound um, over there at Buds, um, I just told the EOD doc, like, uh, I was like, senior, like, I'm going to fucking kill myself. Like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Like, this is bullshit. Like, 
they're sending me back to this. Like, I'm going to kill myself. And I was, I was like totally resigned to the fact. I was like, man, I know what it feels like. They're going to fucking do it. Like, I don't care. Like, and like, what's kept me alive is like the thought of like, and I tell everybody it's my favorite game to play in a fucked up way, like under the chin in the mouth or side of the, you know, the side of the head. And I'm like, what would make what, what I've always balanced it off of is like, what would make my mom the less, the least sad? Mm. Like, you know, like, should I do an open casket? If I go here, open because this is going to fuck me up. This is going to give me a bad hair day, but this might be it. Um, and I've done it and I've practiced it thousands of times at this point, like click, click with snap caps and do two snap caps and then a live round and then do mag, no mag, mag loaded and like to test that trigger pressure and then get so scared and shaky and start bawling and throw it. And I feel, I know what it feels like to do all of that. And, and then when you don't do that, you're laying into yourself with a blade. And so um, and if it's not that, it was always booze. Like I was a fucking alcoholic, man. Like I pregame with a, and I lied, you know, to get through all the shit, like, you know, like self-diagnosed alcoholic, but like I could get diagnosed pretty fucking quick. Like I was pregaming with a bottle of Jameson before I go out of it and more bar fights than like, I care to like admit, you know, like I was beating the fuck out of people. And like, you know, it was always like, it was never like, I was going out like in my head, like, um, I'm pissed and depressed. I'm, I am, I'm a badass. Like I'll beat up anybody. And like, so if one thing would go wrong, like I would shirk it off, shirk it off. But then like, if somebody, you know, alcohol induced, like somebody thinks they're big or tough or whatever. Like I remember this dude, this big wake up call for me. Like somebody pushed, I was like out with all my like seal team bros or like prospective seal team bros. You feel pretty invincible. Like when you got a bunch of dudes <laughs> you've been through like training and like you got all these big beefy bastards that are like, they will rip your head off. Like, mm. and um, my boy Ben gets pushed at this bar and man it's like oh no uh, so it's like it's game on baby like it's murder time and so i remember my boy tom ended up because i'm like blacked out drunk too like i'm on i'm browning out i'm on my way to blackout and tom who's like this massive motherfucker like i don't know how much tom's fat ass way is but he's like he's got a six pack he's like the, you know king of the basketball team six whatever six six mm. and um 200 and what the fuck ever 30 and just rocks me and i don't even remember like getting rocked really but i remember waking up the next day at one of the sponsor dudes house the sponsor guy's houses and when i woke up the boys were like go look in the mirror and they look like they've seen a monster my face was just caked in. Mm-hmm. my tooth had come through my fucking lid that's why my mustache all fucked up on the side <laughs> but uh I, damn it like old me um and uh, damn it riley when i was younger uh the mustache um but uh <laughs> I, I don't know how I got off on that, but get flown back out, um, do all this shit. That was back in college. That was even before this. I guess I start going into the, you know, the records. And But anyway, get out of that, retire from the military, finally medically retired 100%. After I get with Doc, it starts this process where I can finally get medically retired, take a new, you know, bought a house, have the dogs. Navy gave me like a week or two. They like let me know that I was going to be retiring. I need to find a job and all that shit. And I was like, mm. well, thanks. I just bought the house and I got the, the dogs and the shit. And so yeah. took a new career out here, moved across the country because I knew I wanted to be in the mountains. Wanted to be away from the SEAL teams. Like need to be away from the East Coast and West Coast. Need to be in a new environment. And um, this place has been great for me. This has been a place of healing. I came out here also to smoke weed and, you know, force my blaze and uh, <laughs> all day, every day. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But I wasn't for a minute, but not, 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 but came out here for that and just to get my mind right. And so this is a place of healing. Like when I think about Colorado Springs, I'm like, man, this is like, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Like, this is my town. And like, when you get treated bad or like, you know, I've been through some things in the recent past 
that I, you know, I'll come out about, um, will, you know, reveal some truth and some dirty truths and some things like that. But I'm like, man, like you fuckers aren't going to push me out of this city. You're not pushing me out of this town. And like, you think you may have killed me and like, you know, swept me under the rug again, but like you haven't, you called me nuclear and you think that the rug can hold me. That's, that's not very well played out. Like, Mm -hmm. you didn't really think that one through. Like, (laughs) I really wouldn't play with Bruce Banner or Bruce Wayne. And, like, I can be all those people and I am all those people. And so, anyway, that kind of sets the foundation for this legacy thing and what I'm fired up to get, what I am into, I'm deeply, decisively engaged into. So, long answer. And I'm I'm, I'm always long-winded. Sorry, boys. No. No, um, Brevity is not my my strong state. That's not good. I think one thing really for the any ninja that's listening to this that's out there digging their own legacy and trying to help others to extract that i think it's really that taking precedence that even if you're at a low point you still have something out there to live for you have something out there to go after and help grow whatever that is and i think based on what you shared right there that's a powerful piece that somebody really needs to chew on because everybody's in a different walk of life and they may think that they're at a low point, but there's somebody else out there that's gone through something a lot worse. And I think it's a matter of just putting your situation in perspective and understanding that every day above ground is a better day than six feet under the ground. And so I know with, what you're building and what you're creating the mental health piece is one of those biggest endeavors in the realm that you're striving for. And I know that hits really high with Patrick, but I think that's something that if somebody's as they're listening to this, that's something to really extract and take the time to sit down and think about and chew on. Well, I think Bradley said it best. You know, there is a low point when you can't even complete that task because I couldn't even do that. Right. But I understand that because you feel like that you couldn't even do the thing that you set out to do. Right. You couldn't complete the one thing that you feel like would end it all. And so I remember being in that low point thinking, like, if I can't even do this, I'm never going to be able to get shit done. So I totally understand. And I respect the fact that you talk about that. And again, I know this sets us up for the next segment to talk about what you're building, where you're going, where is this legacy piece headed But I think it's super important, and I'm glad that you paused this right here to acknowledge that because there are a lot of people hurting. There are a lot of people that are going through similar situations. They're playing their version of that game, right? I remember doing the same thing, you know, writing out, hey, can you take care of this, right? Having this email or this file that people would have all these different directions of things that I want them to do, right? Mm -hmm. But then I realized I'm just being a burden for all these things, you know? So let's talk about where you're at now where where are we ascending to what are all the different things real quick man like as far as that burden thing man that's like a that's a tough battle right with mental health is being like man am i more of an asset to two things in this world you're an asset or a liability and i i learned that from um an old damn neck you know seal team sex guy and uh even and he says man you're either you're either a fucking liability or you're an asset and you get that in your head and it's a powerful tool, but you're like, man, I'm such a fucking liability. Like I really need to take myself out of the game. Mm-hmm. And something that's important with mental health is a lot of people battle it because they're like, man, resiliency, like a, a person I'm not a big fan of that uh, had a big hand in it. It changed, it's changed my life, uh, career change. 
uh, he, he signs off resiliency and I'm like, you know, I don't fucking clue. like, um, and these, uh, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, but it's like, man, like if it's not happening to you, right. It's really easy to say resiliency and like, don't kill yourself. I love when people say like, don't kill yourself. It's the most selfish thing in the world. And I'm like, you need to take a step back and think about what you're saying, bro, because you've never been there clearly. And so I'm like, man, like, of course, I like, I don't, nobody wants to fucking kill themselves. Like, do you think you wake up and like, you're like, I want to be a liability today. Like how, how can I like be a burden to like society and my family? And like, how can I be the most miserable fuck that I can be? It's like, we don't think, you don't think that. So people that are like in that game, like with the way society is gone, we're all ingesting so much poison, whether it's like blue light or what you're hearing and listening and sitting in front of computers all day, talking to people that hate you and talk shit to you and all this negativity swirling around. That's like, ah, you might not get it yet, but at some point in your life, you may, and mm-hmm. you will experience that. And you will want someone to reach out and you will want someone to care. And you are going to want someone, you know, like me, Pat and Scott that are like, Hey bro, it's okay. I got you. And remember when you were an asshole and now you're at the bottom and you're reaching out, like I'm trying everything inside to give you the pen and not the sword because God, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of the battle now. And, and is, but that, that burden thing and that, you know, it's important to be, to be a, uh, a trooper, a warrior, you know, a sentinel in this, in this war that we fight for our freedom in this nation and in this world and in our own minds. Uh, so talking about, you know, what it's setting up for now, that's my why, right? Like that's, that's foundation to, what I'm doing. Right. And so it's like, okay, I can do when you realize like, Oh shit, I can do anything I fucking want. And anyone can, right. Especially like you unlock your, you unlock your brain through. And I talked about a lot last time, like through psychedelics and THC and introspective, you know, thought and exercises and things like that. And, and getting over and trying to battle wrangle that hell beast that is fear and complacency through that battle. I realized, man, okay. So I, I, I'm going to form, essentially a boat crew. And I still got to, you know, get with some lawyers and some website people and lock some things down. But uh, basically what I'm forming is a boat crew. And so, you know, when you go through and, and like, I'm sure I'll receive some like uh, negative feedback and I don't give a shit like from the <laughs> SEAL community or the special operations community, because anyone that knows me knows that like, I'm not like out here pretending to be like a SEAL or a team guy or whatever, but in training, right? Like you, everyone knows like the, whether you watched American Sniper alone survivor, like everybody's seen the documentaries of buds. Right. And so you're either under the log or under the boat, whatever, that's your boat crew, you have a, you know, variable seven man team. And so what I'm, what I realized is like, fuck. And like, I was preaching this at the old job. I've always preached this is like, man, like people don't understand this in the civilian world and we don't understand it. We, or we forget it as, you know, our dudes, homies that are like former special operators that want to like go hole up by themselves and their family in the woods and just like mm-hmm. fuck society. And so we forget the, the power of the boat crew. And it's the same thing as like the round table. And I had this epiphany that like a round table, like with Arthur, like, man, like if you just pick this table up, now we have like a boat, you know, like I'm like, shit, man. And like, hey, Scott, motherfucker, if you're not carrying your weight, like I'm going to boot you in the chest. Like, you know, and it's like, dude, three dudes under this boat, this table is like, that's a lot of weight. That's pretty hard. And then we find like the right dude that we know is not going to quit. Hey bro, like come over here, run this two spot, like run this spot. Like, and you get under and you have no, Oh man, the weight slider, like no shit. And then you have like two other dudes and two other dudes. And so um, I'm forming a collective right now to, you know, at the tactical level, right. We're going to get it worked out um, algorithmically where hey, Mr. Investor that doesn't have the time to hear about all 9,000, you know, veteran nonprofits. Instead, we go through develop this algorithm. We have a singular, you know, Dropbox, we split it between mental, spiritual, and physical because 
that's what I'm all about is this full spectrum fitness. Mm. Like you can't just be a jacked tan and sexy long dick dude and be like, yo, I'm mentally healthy. Like, no, you're not like, didn't you just like try to kill yourself? <laughs> and, um, and so it's like, you go in there as mystery investors, so you walk in investor X has dollars. Y he's like, I don't have time to research this. I just want a, a place where I can legally hide my money so I can get rich and also feel good about where I hide my money. And I'm like, Roger, we don't care really your why we just need your resources. And so, because we'll do the why part and they say, great, thanks. And so here's, here's your receipt, write that off, you know, later. And so we go in, we drop this in this bucket, whether, Hey, do you want to support the spiritual mission? We make it sexy, clean. I support the spiritual mission, the mental mission, and the physical mission. Well, I worry about a lot. What about the physical? Okay, dope. Do you see any, you know, foundations that pop out to you? No, I told you I don't have time for this shit. Okay, well, drag and drop your money right here. Based off the algorithm, it spits out X percent, Y percent, A through Z percent mm. to all these people that are in the game that deserve a cut of that money. So you do it mathematically. And so right now I'm turning qualitative. Um, because everything is like measured qualitatively. And now I've got to turn it into ones and zeros quantitatively so we can get the money worked out and make things from the cloud. Why? Which fucking everybody loves existing at this dreamer level, which is dope. And they don't talk about the how and the what because we we're complacent. We mm-hmm. haven't listened to enough podcasts. We haven't read enough books. We haven't hit rock bottom enough. We haven't bled out and had our two puppies lick our blood up as you die where you care enough it's it's a lack of care and so mm. you're complacent and you're fucking afraid to do things and say things because oh you'll get fired oh i'll get this like um i'll get judged for looking like manic or whatever or called you know these labels slapped on you and it's like i stopped caring because i started realizing man like most people just have so much poison in them that like they don't even know what's going on mm-hmm. you know like and I can figure out how much poison you have, like in a couple of questions, like when's the last time you fucked your wife? Like when's the last time you went on a walk with your dog and your kids? Like, this is no cap. Like this is, these are serious things. Like, yeah. you know, and there's no reason for all the hate and the negativity. Like we're all just, we all just want more time and more money so we can fucking suck. And like, that is, that is the tackle. That's humor trying to break down this barrier, right. And make everybody like kind of lighten up myself included. But if we want more time to go to Rampart range and like walk around and like be in the water and go camp and like, dude, do you want to go to work tomorrow? Like work is this dirty word. Like, do you want to go to work in your cubicle or you want to go like skydive, like into a river and then paddle boat, like gambling trip together. And it's like, I'll do that, but I can't get paid. It's like, okay, how do we get paid to do this? How do we, you know, empower people to do this shit and so that's kind of my job is taking it from the cloud and applying it my like little fucking marketable tagline is like i apply macro level strategic principles um, and discoveries and micro level tactical decisions and it's like i take it simply take it from the cloud to the ground like i, I bring it from the from heaven to your door or whatever like, I'm like the best salesman there's ever been but uh that's the whole tagline right from heaven to the door so you can fucking suck so you can, yeah. yes Yes. And this is the legacy that I want to leave through this mental health journey. But yeah, man, I'm going to change this mental health system. And I've got the plan. Got a big nod the other day from a foundation CEO founder guy with a lot of pull, um, mm. getting some nods from some big, you know, a, a big uh, resource um, in the medical community out in LA and Palm Springs, mm. just getting the troops rallied, right? Like there's this book, there's, a, there's this old uh, special forces, Green Beret uh, major, his name is Jim Gant. And Jim Gant wrote a book called American Spartan. And uh, Jim Gant also wrote a, a textbook called One Tribe at a Time. Mm-hmm. One Tribe at a Time was the uh, only piece of literature on uh, bin Laden's desk, right? I wasn't there. So mm-hmm. don't don't quote me, but whatever, from what I've 
pulled from books and reading and stuff. So if there is a team dude out there listening to it, fact check me and get with me. Um, 765-432-8600. And uh, well, let me know, hand me this ass. Uh, but, uh, no, it was the only thing he had. And it was like, kill this man because this dude gets it. And he, he understood that when he comes into Afghanistan, he's like, man, there are all these, it's tribal, it's a tribal land. Right. And there are all these Pashtuni tribes out there. And we have this American force coming in that's trying to like democracy roads, like same as Alexander, right? We do such a bad job as Americans studying and, and really, really studying, like listening and, and, and reading and, and having a full spectrum understanding. Full spectrum is my favorite word because we have to understand like Alexander tried to do it. The Russians mm-hmm. tried to do it. Like, you know, I'm in high school and middle school studying Spetsnaz Russian battle plans. And I'm like, I'm kind of weird. Like, you're like, you're weird. Like, yeah, like I'm a little different, you know, like that's what I spent my life doing was learning war and like understanding the international community and, and things like that. And so he understands he comes in and, and he's like, He's like, oh, fuck, like we got to start one tribe at a time. That's what he calls the pamphlet, the, the man in one tribe at a time, right? It's it's uh, rewriting like counterinsurgency and, and foreign internal defense, all that shit, whatever. And so I was like, fuck, man, like this is the boat crew thing. Like I got to, because each of us are our own little tribe, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are three stages in a team and it's formation, growth, and sustainment. Formation is that hard motherfucking mm-hmm. point. You got to bring in all these fucking pieces and try to like keep them there, like really until they form, right? Like I'm playing with, I'm hurting dickless chickens and I'm like, get over here, you know, you sons of bitches. Like we can make more money together. There's infinite money and there's infinite freedom. If we all just work together and we can, it's a scaling process too. Like Jesus, like if we all three work together, we can go so far. But if we start working with like more people and then the city and then this nation and then the world, it's like, if we all just fucking work together, you know, like, Hey Putin, can I get some of your fucking Legos? Like I'm trying to finish. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> okay, come on. Like, come on. like you're not, you know, uh, but uh it's scalable. And that's why it's like a legacy worth living is because you're building this powerful foundation and nucleus that that's spreading out. Like I want to, I think of myself as like a modern, like a, a new reinvented Jim Gant in the civilian society. And like, God, I'd love to meet you, Jim, but um, Jim, if you're out there, uh, <laughs> no, but, um, I'm doing it one tribe at a time. Like trying to rally these people t- for, for cross cross promotion, cross platform promotion, SEO shit, like more hits more because we're fighting this algorithm, right? Like everything is fighting an algorithm. Cause like there's a million people that have 7 billion people or 9 billion people who gives a fuck people out there that are like, what do I say matters? And they're like, well, I'm going to create my own thing. I'm going to do this. I'm like, well, okay. And I told this to the foundation owner. I was like, and CEO guy, I'm like, look, so I know two things. I know that you don't need and, and small business owners, foundation owners, what anyone, we don't need more time taken from us. So I don't need to show up asking for your time. And you don't need any more money going out the door. So I can't show up and ask for money. Those are two most important things, right? Like the freedom coupon and, and time. And so I'm like, okay, okay. I don't have those to work with. So I scrubbed those off my fucking, my graph paper. I'm like, okay, I don't have freedom. All right. Or I don't have money. And I don't have time. So now what do I have to work with? And I'm like, fuck. Okay. We have each other to work with. Okay. We still have each other. I still have all these tribes. And this is me staying up late at night on mushrooms and LSD and, and fucking by dance and going nuts. And I'm like, okay, I got to do this. And I'm like, looking like a fucking tweaker over at the kitchen, you know, like just writing it. I'm in my underwear. I'm naked. And I'm like, oh yeah, like let's go. Cause this mission matters. This legacy matters. Mm. And so I'm drawing it out and I'm like, okay, we have people. How do we work with people? How do we incentivize people to work together? And I'm like, okay, everyone talks about hating the internet and hating social media. Okay, great. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. 
okay, I have, I have this tech at my thing. So how do we use it to make money and create time and create money? So I was like, okay, I know we get monetized on like site hits and traffic and, and advertisements and things like this and SEO and spinning around. And I'm like, okay, what if we all just fucking link together? And it's like, it's like, oh my God. Okay. Like we just start, we have all these dots. If we're each these dots, we've got to like, now we've got to start connecting dots, motherfucker. Like we're on this, we're on this board and it's all on this here. We're each our own dots and tribes. And like, boys, we can find the right answer. If we all line up, we find that hypotenuse, right? And so that's what I'm doing is like creating this mag magnet, right? My hypotenuse is a magnet and I'm drawing all these tribal dots into my magnet so we can continue on this trajectory, right? And that's what I'm doing is I guess ultimately what I'm going to end up being is that like, is really just a Jim Gantt connector and I'm going to make people money passively through doing that. And, and then more hits, more this, more sponsorships, more everything. Um, and then it makes it a no brainer for your, your investor, your guy with all the Delores, you know, with all the freedom coupons to come in and say, okay, this is brilliant. I buy it. Here you go. And so we have those dudes on deck. It's like, but I'm one man and I'm also one crazy man. That's trying to like deal with all this PTSD and all this trauma. Um, and it's tough, man. And it's tough. Like it's honestly tough, like trying to stay alive doing it because mm-hmm. it's a lot. And you have moments where you're like, God, I am the craziest, dumbest, biggest piece of shit in the world. Like I'm so nuclear that nobody likes me. And like, straight up, like in my lowest moments, like a 4th of July, like I spent my 4th of July, like falling myself to sleep on my couch alone, like with my dog, like that's a really hard for me. Like the holidays are hard for me. Mm. And like, I am alone and I don't have people I can like reach out to that will like cover ground for me. And, um, people that I did or thought I did, you know, like they abandoned me and it's like being a good dude is like something that should be revered, like revered, excuse me, it's not like one or two or three or a hundred actions. It's consistently, it's like, understand what ride or die means. Like ride or die means like picking the phone up when it's 3am. If you hear it or you see that text and like, I'm on my fucking way. Like, dude, that's what it is. And like, yeah, you're not going to get as much sleep and oh, I'm tired. But like, bro, like don't talk the talk. Like don't be about that. Like I'm ride or die gang, gang. Like I'm a good dude, gang, gang. But like you did like a couple things and you're like, oh, it's cool. Like I, he needs to figure it out. Like, dude, like, fuck you. Like I will always cover ground for anybody. Like I will be there. And like, I put that out on social media all the time. Like I get my phone number away, like religiously, because like, dude, if you need something or need someone to talk to like, I'm there now, the other side of that balance is like, Hey bro, like I- I'm in meetings too. Like I'm at the hospital too. And like, I'm doing things and like, I'll call you back like my big homie, Frank. And, but I was like, can I call you back tomorrow? And then I was like, didn't think about myself and I like broke the thing little pat on the back here and I was like are you okay are you good and he's like oh yeah man like I just want to have some things I really need to share with you I was like okay can we like link up like tomorrow is that cool and he's like yeah man for sure and so it's like making sure it's like good and like also not making sure it's good through like words but like through tone and demeanor Mm -hmm. like you really like no motherfucker are you good because it sounds like (laughs) you're about to drink some bleach Uh, (laughs) and I will make time but like, we also like, that's that respect and like meeting it at the middle of like, I also have some things to do and I'd also like to sleep, but like being willing to like cover that ground, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's my legacy is I'm going to change the mental health system. I have the way forward at the tactical level at the, at the strategic, we have the strategic, I have the operational, I have the tactical level covered and I'm getting good now, like sober, getting like healthier with this trauma and like rebalancing all these chemical things. 
So now like I went, like you talking earlier, like I know what it feels like to like not be able to do something. I don't know what it feels like to like not be able to like literally like get up off the floor. Like I know what it feels like to like wake up in your living room. Like how did I get here? Or like, now I'm thinking back like to my dad and my parents came out here to kind of take care of me when I was, you know, through May and, um, you know, thank God for them. I remember being on my hands and knees, like almost naked, like on the floor and my dad like puts his hand on my shoulder and he's like, Hey son, like, let's, let's go to bed. And I was like, I don't know how I got here, dad. Like, I don't know how I'm here and I don't know if I'm going to make it through this one. And, um, a lot of moments like that, you know, having, having both your parents, you know, I'm 27 years old, tattooed to fuck and I'm a hard motherfucker, but knowing what it feels like to lay in bed with both your parents at that age in the middle of them and have your mom scratch your back, like to go to sleep, like that shit is not fun to share. Um, this is why legacy matters. Legacy matters because there are so many people that are going through this stuff that um, if you choose to not get out of your bubble and you choose to remove and detach, people are dying. Like people are really dying and people are dying worse than literal deaths. People are dying a long, slow death by what we've created as society. There, there are things worse than death that I found. Life, living, life. is it a lot harder? Yeah, li- living, is, living is tough and, and dying is tough. Coming to grips with dying and thinking about all the people that you're going to affect and understanding it and still wanting to die so bad. Having this addiction to death and self-harm is so fucked. Um, this is why the legacy matters. I'm not going to stand by anymore. You know, I got sent to a psych ward again, naturally. And I uh, had a psychiatrist tell me to shut up. Um, he put his hand on my face because he said he already knew uh, who I was and what I was. And again, immediately misdiagnosed me and like um, tried to like change my medication, told me that all the doctors that I've been working with and was working with at the time, like these fancy doc- like dudes that have been on Rogan and like big, big, deal, big deal guys now that he's like, they don't know what they're talking about. Like mm-hmm. you need this. And like um, I held my 20 year old, you know, roommate, like while he like, cried, you know, he's a, an army kid um you know they got frustrated and like said you know like some dipshit you know it was like enforcing some dumbass rule that's like and he's like this kind of shit is the kind of shit why people kill themselves like this is the shit that makes me want to kill myself and he ends up in the psych ward and he's like he told me i was never getting out of here and like i'm done with that like i will have these places like fucking bulldozed like this is not mm-hmm. right i watched my homie um who's a badass you know like long time air force uh medic vet now be denied like fucking Benadryl for his migraines and shit. Like took him four hours to get him and like to get a Benadryl. I was, they tried to silence me and they put me, they told me I had COVID. Um, they put me in isolation in there because I was, I was causing so much of a ruckus. I was like, this is fucking bullshit. Like yeah, they wouldn't, they tried to not let me use the phone. They tried to like put me in a different word. They put me in like the isolation room and I was, they were like, you have COVID. And I was like, I had COVID back in March and I am fully vaccinated. Fuck you. You didn't even do a COVID test. And they're like, well, we're waiting on your COVID results. And I was like, no, you guys are fucking like, there are liars and thieves in these places. Like horrible evil is going on. And like, I look at the people in there that are so like strung out and like not on drugs. And they, well, yeah, on big pharma and they're, they're, they've lost their minds and they've lost hope. And I know what it feels like to be hopeless and, um, and see people that are hopeless. That's mm-hmm. why legacy matters. Like <laughs> this legacy is, it's powerful, man. So you've talked about the things that you want to leave, the things you want to change. When you look at where you've been, where you're at currently, where you want to go, 
where do you feel like that you're living your legacy? Where do you feel like the pieces that you're building to help attribute to that, that you can turn around and say that not only did I build it, but I experienced it. I taught other people how to yeah. experience it, things like that. Most definitely. I mean, you have to be about it, right? Like that's the biggest thing, right? And like that has helped me like get into like better shape, right? Because like, I like, gave up, you know, I was like fucking just pounding food, not working out. And I was, you know, getting high all the time and like doing all this shit. And I was like, hold the phone. Um, I was like, get, get back up. I was like, I'm not like embodying this like physical part. Right. So like now it's like, dude, I fucking don't care. Like I, I'll film myself and like film messages like when I'm running and lifting, or take pictures and like physically I'm like trying to like rid my body of all this like poison that we take in. Right. And so like, I, you know, I, I know all this shit about inflammation, but I had also forgotten a lot of it and like how important inflammation is to like fucking your head and your, your emotional health and your physical health and all these things that we put in. But well, like last night, for example, I got high and I was like so depressed that, you know, I like got high and I went to Dairy Queen and got two motherfucking large, I got a large dipped cone and I got a large blizzard. And I was like, I'm going to hate myself. I'm going to hate my novel. You know, I had to go on in 10 seconds. And then today I've just been like shitting myself. And I was like, man, I didn't feel good. And, and so it's like reinforcing that. And like, also like how you lead and how you're like about it and like how you're living like right now is like also being honest about that mm. like owning it like yes. like oh really Riley? like you don't have a six pack and it's like you're right because i'm not perfect like you're right i did fuck up and eat that dairy queen and like you're right i realized that i was fucking up when i was doing it and um but i'm still coming back i'm still putting the miles in like running i'm still lifting my ass off and like hiking and taking care of the dog and doing things and so uh mentally like i'm still reading i'm still podcasting you know listening like i'm i'm working on you know finishing up like uh, like a comedy special so I can like, un, uh, you know, go to three E's and I go to Denver and like unveil, I'm like building up the courage. Cause like I lost a lot of confidence um, in myself. And just like, when I went through this last shit in the last couple of months, like mm. I felt pretty confident and I, I lost a lot of that. Like it really like, man, it just drove me into the ground. And so I'm trying to get confidence where I can come back and be this entertainer that I am. And like, want to be like at the public level on big stages. I'm like, I got a lot of funny shit. Like, that I want to put out there. And comedy is like this great mess, you know, this great medicine, right? Like, and so like, that's a part of the mental thing is like continuing to like grow and, and learn and, and push through. And like, you know, I had to move, you know, chop wood, carry water, like decks to my bedside. So like when I'm struggling to get to sleep, I'm like, remember what you're doing. Remember why you're doing this. Like you're building the foundation, bro. Like you're not crazy. You're not crazy. And then I'm like, well, you're crazy, but you're still building the foundation. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And so I'm like, I'm not out of the fight. Like I didn't just like, I'm not like just like barreling in. So like the mental health thing, like the mental health, I'm like showing out on that. The uh, physical health, I'm showing out like this full spectrum thing. And then the spiritual thing, like I certainly battle that, right? Like I certainly tend to like lean more towards like the Buddhist stuff and like more towards like, you know, like, like on my hinge profile, it's like spiritual, you know, I'm not like, you know, I don't believe in like the whole established religion thing. Like I, I have my, I have my own like spiritual beliefs instead of like getting outside of myself and the arrogance of being like, I don't believe in shit. Like I believe in me and I believe that it all goes black. It's like, well, like I believe that like, you're not going to go that far. Like I believe that your ceiling is pretty limited and it's also a pretty quick way to get cynical and like, just focus on yourself. Like mm -hmm. if you believe in these higher things, like um, whatever it may be, I am showing out on that, you yeah. know, like, and I do preach that shit and I talk about that shit. And so did I answer that question, homie? Like I get the spiraling because there's so, <laughs> I have so much. I don't, I don't yeah. talk to like a lot of people that like, I'm mostly, I'm just like talking to myself and like all the people on my like round table up here. And so 
when I like when you ask me a question, it's like, do you really want to talk to me? Like, do you really want to ask? Like, well, well so <laughs> the first time, right? I remember it was almost a month. We had asked you a question, and you came back and responded through Messenger like a month later, right? Because you were like. I really need to think about that. And, and the crazy part is that you really go back and you do, right? I remember yeah. the book that you have everything, you write yeah. stuff down. Straight you know up. what I mean? And so that's how I know that like, you're going to be doing big stuff because you, you're building all the, the, the knowledge you're building and watching and observing the way that other things have, why they crumble, why they failed, why they work, why they succeed. Not, not many people go on that level right? And it's so much further and so much more superior than even successful people are doing it now. That was one of the things that I took away from that first night that we met. And the second time when you came and did the, uh, the live with us was that was like, that dude has been through some shit. And I genuinely <laughs> believe all the stuff that you said, but it was like, but watch what he does with it. Mm. Watch where he goes with this. Right. And that's why when you, uh, when Scott was like, what do you think about the podcast? I was like, absolutely. For sure. Need, no, I appreciate it. Guys. I mean? yeah. So what I love and what I, what I feel like is that like a lot of us, just like most people, we're still trying to figure it out. But from the aspect that you kind of already come from, like you said, killing yourself, right. To where you're at, you are on, I feel like, deeper level because you already know yourself and you know the things you're capable of from one perspective but you're yearning to see what that other perspective looks like of what you're still capable of in that same capacity so maybe the term nuclear that you threw in out there a couple of times right it has been used kind of in this negative format but what happens <coughs> if you're nuclear now on this other side right which i think we're we're waiting for you to figure that out because and once that does game over for him no, yeah dude i really appreciate that and I, I i went on this uh I, I love being naked right like as everyone knows or anybody that gets to meet me like i, I love being like i'm so sweaty right now like i hate wearing <laughs> clothes like I, I got i went on this irreverent warrior hike out here right like when i was in colorado springs it's like a vet thing um i wore my sangha and like fucking nothing else you know like i'm in my kini bro like and um, naturally, like, I got to meet some pretty interesting people just by standing out, you know, like, another thing I learned from Evan, the dude that, uh, you know, the team guy from six, like, he he is a, um, what is that called, the the rescue skier dude, ski patrol, yeah. and so he gets out of the, you know, the teams, and he's been serving forever, you know, the part where he's over at tier one, you know, asset, and he's all broke to fuck, and all these things, he moves out to Utah, and he's like, I'm going to be a fucking ski patrol. Like, fuck him. Like, I'm going to do it. And he's like, man, everybody wants to be ski patrol, it turns out. And, like, it's, like, really hard to get to, like, this point and, like, do this, like, backwards, like, rescues and all these things. And so he's like, man, like, you know, lesson one in selection. Like, you got to stand out. So he's like, okay, how do I stand out? All right. And so he gets, like, this big-ass cardboard thing. And he, like, puts pictures and, like, shoves it in. And everyone else is, like, you know, the classic nine by 11, like printed out on paper and his, he's like, I just look like a fucking tool bag. Like <laughs> mine's just like out there in front of everyone. And I was like, man, that's what I've always done. Like I've always yeah. like striven to like, cause you'll just like, don't be a gray man. Right. Like for me, it's like, you can float through as a gray man or you can choose to chase that greatness. And so, yeah. And I, so I meet Joe, I see he's got this in star of the Naval Academy logo on this polo old, this old uh, dude. I walk up and, and nobody else, you know, he's kind of like straggling behind and I'm at the back too. Cause I'm, this is like hard for me. You know, I'll be like around people. I'm like, 
and there's a lot of like chest beaters and yellers and I'm like eh, fuck man like give me the shakes like and so I'm like kind of hanging out at the back and and I see him and we're at the park and I meet him and we start talking. And then like, I didn't go on the hike, man. Like I'm in the park talking with Joe for like three hours. And then we went to lunch and like, then I met him again. And like, now I'm at his like steps or his, his, um, his wife, you know, his, her son, you know, he called his son, whatever you know what I'm saying. Uh, but uh, J- Joe and I talk about this nuclear thing. And he, he's like, man, like, you, you know, like you got to make your weaknesses, your positives. And, and it, and I'm like, I think the nuclear thing is positive. And we both came to the conclusion, like, man, you know what? Like, he's like, you know, the only, and I'm bawling, you know, I'm an emotional guy. And because I know where he's going. I feel like I've got a lot of telepathy. And like, once you get on a certain vibration, it's like, you already know where the motherfucker's going. And like, and it's frustrating for some people that I'm on that wavelength with, because it's like, shut up, brother. I know where you're going. Like, you know, stop it. But he's like, man, like, you know, what turns like, you know, like sand into glass is like, it's, you know, the, the heat of a thousand suns, the form of lightning or a nuclear blast, you know? And I'm like, I'm just trying to be that nuclear. And I was talking to my homie JP last night on Instagram live about this. I'm like, I'm just trying to be that, like the nuclear sauce. That's like, I can contain. And I'm, but I'm the guy that's like, I'm actually want to be the dude that's like pulling the, the lever like when to let it out and when to like, you know, I'm like trying to like, I'm just trying to be the lever man and like let that sauce out. And everybody knows what that means. It's analogous for everything. Like everything is the same. Like it's the same for flipping the switch. Like I've always trained myself to be a switchboard. Like, like if someone comes in that room right now, like posing harm, like I'll murder that person, like gun, no gun, knife, no knife, like whatever. I'll kill that guy. Like too easy. But like, if someone else comes in, I need to like, Oh, Hey, like, what's up, Mr. President? Like, you know, like I can do that too. And so it's like flipping on and levering out that nuclear stuff. Like if I need to wrap, okay, I'll wrap. Like, do I need to do, you know? So that's what I'm always like striving for with that nuclear thing. And that's that, uh, being nuclear now. And I talk to my, my SEAL team homies and my, my Navy homies and army guys. And I'm like, we're all so balanced this way towards like violence and murder and aggression. And like, how many chicks can we fuck? And like, how many beers can we drink? And like, it's all like, we all get funneled. Like everyone wants us to just go into this, like, like the real sweet thing, like is to go and make six figures and like, okay, you're big, you know, you made it, like get the house and the car and two figures and my wife is pretty and that's it. It's not really fulfilling. And I see all these dudes and they're dead. And like, I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. I don't remember what you were like when you were an animal, like in selection. Like I remember when you were covered in piss and blood and mud and like, like you, that was something that like, that, where's that you bro? And it's like, well, I sold it for a paycheck and a, you know, mm-hmm. hot wife in a car. And it's like, Oh man, that sucks. And like, oh yeah, won't you worry about being homeless? And I'm like, yeah. And, and I'm like, and I'm like, but I'm trying to rebalance the scales because I'm like, I know I can. Like, I want to do me. I'm gonna do music. Like when my homie, like I'm doing music, and like you know, my buddy's moving out, and like uh, he's like a music pro, and I'm like, you know, I'm stoked to like figure out what that right sound is and and get in there because I started rapping for therapy. Mm-hmm. and like you know i play call of duty when i like had the big belly and i'm like have my phone here and put on rap chat i got that premium rap chat and so i got the beats going and i'm just rapping away thugging you know and it was a good time man and it actually kept me alive like kept me alive multiple times one time in the psych ward because they told me like i'm never getting out i'm in isolation and i'm standing in the shower and it's cold and i just you have to keep pressing the not how much everybody knows about psych wards but like you don't get a knob and so i'm like pressing this like metal button spray out more water give me more water give me more water and i have such a bad panic attack that i shit all over myself and just like covered in yellow diarrhea blasted against the wall i look like that chick in hall pass when she sneezes and there's shit, like, little shit. and jason today because is no longer like having sex with her <laughs> but dude i'm shit i'm covered in my own shit 
and I'm like bawling and I'm like, I'm, I'm almost like dry crying because I don't have any tears left. Right. Like, um, and, um, and then I start throwing up because I'm covered in my own poop and I'm so depressed. And I started beating my head against the wall. I get numb and then I'm beating it hard and now I'm ready to die. And, um, I know what it feels like to like take yourself to that level with bump horse trauma. And I know what it feels like to go there. And, um, so they wouldn't keep me there longer in my head before I like bash my head in. I got to the point where like my ears are ringing and then I hear one of my tracks that I made and it's called little bit and it's about shitting your pants from an anxiety attack in the morning and then going through your whole day with poop in your pants, like on a date at work and like all this shit. And I got this flow about it and it's like this funny dumbass song, but it's more than that. It's like, mm-hmm. it's okay. Like you can have a little bit of poop and still move and groove. And I started laughing. I looked like the Joker. Like I bawled my eyes throughout the Joker. Like a lot of people did, you know, this new one with Joaquin Phoenix, and um, I think a lot of people like what frustrates dudes is like people think they're the Joker. And I'm like, you don't know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. You don't know what it means to actually be the Joker. Right. And I have the capacity to be the Joker and cause absolute anarchy and destruction. Or I have the capacity to be Batman. And like that's like I, I study Batman a lot. And I think about when he's holding the Joker over that building, he saves him or whatever. And he's like you're you're just like me or whatever and he lets him live and like as a kid i was always like fucking blow his brains out you know and then i'm like ah oh, damn man like i get it now part of me still wants him to blow his brains out because i'm like yeah i gotta stop doing all the killing like you know like at a certain point like like isis for example like there's no that's not like a pashtuni tribe that's like a we go in there and we fucking murder those people you know so there's certain people that gotta get murdered they gotta get them fucking heat most people don't need that heat. And I was thinking about that. And I was like, you don't need to kill yourself. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm trying to choose to be Bruce Wayne and not the Joker. Have you seen the animated movie or read the cartoon uh, or the comic really of Batman and the Joker called The Killing Joke? It was, oh. a, it was a, a novel that was actually written. They actually did a movie for it probably a decade ago, maybe a little bit less. But in that particular novel there's a fan theory out there that batman either kills the joker or it's symbolism that batman and joker are one and the same it's also the fan theory that batman needs the joker and you know so when you watch it knowing I mean, you watch it, you have your own conclusions. Some people sw- swear that there's a neck break at the end, you know, because you can't see it. You just hear very subtle. And so some people are like, that's him killing the Joker. Some people saying that's him dropping him, letting him go. But it's up to, it kind of leaves it for fan conclusion. Right? And there's a reason for yes. that. Like what you just said, it's like you're on it. Right. And, what, and that's the beauty of it, right? So I highly encourage you because you talked about that. And again, like why the Joker movies and why he resonates so much is because a lot of us we resonate with that broken piece and we don't have the opportunity to talk about it we don't talk about it often enough we sit there and we look at ourselves in the mirror and we can't help but laugh at it a lot of times because if we don't it will kill us and the point i i think the point i kind of get to it's like santa claus like man until you're laughing in the mirror with a pile of your own throw up and yellow diarrhea and a psych ward and you're laughing maniacally, like, don't tell me you're the Joker, bro. Like, uh, but we each have it inside of us. And, and you're right. Like, you can go either way. And I'm like, man, I could be Batman or I could be Bane. And they have the same 
it's it's always it's this balance thing that I always talk about. It's a balance beam, like, and and it's a dynamic process. And like that's the story of like the foolish old man and the wise old man. Like you can always slip and fall, and you can always it's you're constantly trying to keep everything, you know, the balls in the air. I I like to think of it as scales or you know, like a teeter-totter. And it's like, now I could just say, fuck it. And I could start killing people. I could be the bane. Or, you know, like I, I, I listen all the time, like almost not exclusively, but sometimes exclusively to this audio that I ripped and put on Spotify. And it's like Batman rises, you know, like from the pit part one, Batman rises from the pit part two and then part three. I listen to it and it ends up with what I got on my knuckles, which is Deshi Bashara. And it, it means rise, rise, or he rises. And it's like Batman going in no rope, you know, to jump out of the pit and make it, you know, and it forces him to like deal with fear and, and harness the fear. And like Bane was in the pit too, and he was mistreated. And, and you kind of learn like, okay, you like, yeah, he probably deservedly so could be at this madman, just like we all could be. Like you would understand why, like, who was that dude in like Longmont or whatever that had that arm? It's that Netflix thing where he went nuts and had the armored truck and like kills everybody. And like, yeah, he had like terrible sickness and chills, but it's like, yeah, he had terrible circumstances and like you can understand how he got there, but it's not okay. Like, Jesus, you don't just go killing people, like you know, but like it, it's fragile. We don't understand how. And I just heard Jack Carr and Rogan say it on, on a podcast recently, and Jack Carr with SEAL team uh commander big author now and he's like he's like society is so fragile and duncan mm-hmm. trussell says it too and it's like it can slip and like we are society we create society so what we're saying is we are so fragile yes like I, you know you're one people are one fucking road rage thing away from fucking shooting somebody or mm-hmm. cutting somebody or cutting themselves or shooting themselves and it's like man becoming the joker or becoming bane and these people that are emulating them and like think they're doing this vigilante justice right and like this this um, anarchist shit. And like, there's, you can see why. And you start studying, you get smart. You're like, oh shit, I understand the argument. It's not just like, oh, they're really dumb kids, whatever. It's like, oh no, fuck. Like I get what they're, I get it. And you start really getting educated on things and you start finding that you're right at this middle, mm-hmm. just like we all are or hope to be right. And like, when you get to the middle, actually, like if you start getting too far to one side, like, you know, like the anarchists or like fucking right, right dudes, conservatives or leftists or, all these titles i'm like isn't your name jim like i'm riley like i'm not at this title like i'm riley and like sometimes i'm blaming dragon and sometimes i'm b and like you know what i mean like i feel like a lot of people when they start going a little bit more extreme on one side to the other that's where they find acceptance yeah right because you find that other people have been fighting this whole thing right and now all of a sudden you have common ground and it's pushing that and yeah. I love that you're talking about this because Scott knows this. I've used the Joker. I've used the Batman references all the time. I've done uh, live streams talking about just Joker quotes. I've talked about live streams about what if Batman was actually the bad guy? What if the Joker is actually the good guy, right? What if it's a combination of the two? I've done my own personal research on the different things, right? I have a new theory that I've yet to share with anybody. So I figured now is a good time than anybody. I sister. What I mean, when you look at all the villains, right, besides Batman, Spider-Man is really the only person that has had like a huge amount of villains that basically have always piled up on him, right? But when you look at the difference in a lot of those villains, is that not maybe the, the different emotions that mm-hmm. we go through, right? Bane being the anger, uh, 
was it uh, the Riddler, right? Always questioning ourselves and the things that we do and always having to figure out things Insecurity the hard way. Yeah, 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 exactly. Two faces being that piece where like, are we truly being authentic? Yeah. Right? Are we really going through the stuff? And then the Joker is the wild card. It's like, you don't know what you're going to get. Sure, or psychosis right. or, or something like that. Right. Right. Psychotic. Yeah, sure. because life is very difficult and it maybe should, we feel like it should be a little bit more random, but also at the same time, there's that safety and security blanket where we don't want it to be, yeah. you know? So I kind of think that like a lot of those reflections of those villains or all those characters is really a lot of it is Batman fighting or projecting himself. I, 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 oh my God. I, I mean, I think it's brilliant. I, I totally, I totally agree. Right. And like, there's no one right answer. Like, well, that's not actually like, that's not the, no dude, it's a theory. And it's like, it can also be, that's like the beauty of this, like art, right. Of, of all of art and all of this life is like, there are multiple interpretations and it's back to the dark or the, the, the board where it's like, okay, like we're back on this. Here's the origin X, Y, Here's Pat's theory. Here's this theory. Here's this theory. Here's this. And finally, you get a line you can draw through after you get seven billion theories, and you're like, "Oh shit!" There's the there's the closest thing we have to a right answer. I think that's beautiful. And and why? Like we understand why if we think about it, right? Like why these people do these things, and and um, why the systems are broken, and why it's easy to go to these extremes, right? It's for acceptance because it, it's it's the lazy man's thing. You fall you fall prey to fear and complacency. You're, you're scared to try to get back to the center mm-hmm. because you're getting pushed back from this side and you're getting pushed back from, or you're getting pushed back from this side. So it's like, ah, oh, fuck it. Fuck the world. I'm just going to fuck it. I know my balance isn't right, but that's fine because these people accept me. Mm-hmm. And that's like, when I hear like uh, people saying like, this is my mom again. And she's like, well, I like the way I am. And I'm like, do you, or do you like the poison? Like, do you like that poison inside you? Because like, and I talked to a bunch of my boys about this, like, well, I just like listening to the sad alternative music. I'm like, is that you? Or is that the poison? Is that like, is that Harvey Dent? Or is that the monster? Is that Two-Face? And like Two-Face is like, I think it's like, it's certainly the easiest, like, you know, person to use because it's like, oh, he's the, well, he's the good guy, but now he's the bad guy. And it's like, yeah, we all have that, but it's like one person and we all have that shit. It's, it's uh, certainly like to the extremes. And, it, and a lot of it comes down to like this chemistry and this, this inflammation and this medical thing that I will uh, beat the doors down because now I, I have access to top level shit that like, <clears throat> you know, I'm looking at every single chemical in my body and rebalancing it. And like people don't have access to this stuff. And that's why we have to get organized to make it more affordable, to make it to, mm. to the masses and all this shit. It's a, it's going to be a goddamn near impossible fight, but uh, maybe I'll have to be banned sometimes. Mm. But um, Maybe I'll have to pull out that Deadpool thing, but um, no. And then, and then what we do is we, then we lazily, right? Like dudes that are at the center, hopefully we're fighting and being self-aware enough to be like, oh no, wait, they're not just the title. Like we can't just lump them left and right. It's like when people say like, oh yeah, I'm a liberal. I'm like, well, no, you're not. No, like, yes, I am. Or like, I'm a conservative. I'm like, well, are you? And I'm like, they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, what do you think about this and why? And then you start uncovering it. And like this thing that keeps coming back to me is like, oh, like we're not so different, you and I. Like, oh shit, like we're all at the end of the day trying to suck and fuck. Like it's the same <laughs> core <laughs> thing, man. It's the same thing. Like, bro, like if, God, if I vote for X or vote for Y, like who allows me more freedom coupons to suck and fuck? And it's like this guy, okay, fuck it. You can have it. Like, um, and that's like the thing, like, well, he said he was going to give us more stimulus money. Well, he said he was going to build this to give us more freedom. Well, he said, and it's like, ah, like, um, we end up as Spider-Man meme, you know, everybody pointing and 
But dude, when we start putting these labels on, because it's like, oh, you can't label me. Like I'm more than a label. It's like, you're right. But scientifically and medically, we have to think about it from, we, we sort of have to put some labels on to diagnose things. And so I realized that like, when I get mad at like <clears throat> medical professionals, and there's a lot of reason to get mad at medical professionals. As, as a scientist and as an analytical thinker, you have to say, okay, how do we solve a problem? can't live at the cloud. And so we have to put some things in some categories and find the common threads so we can start properly treating and diagnosing and doing these things. But like the biggest category of all is that we're human motherfucker. Like we're energy, you sons of bitches. Like why the fuck are we killing each other in the streets and dogging each other down and cutting each other down? And the one category and the one title I need is human, you know, like not even American at that point, like human, like mm-hmm. guys, this shit isn't, it's simple. It's not easy. Um, and you start talking about resources and protection, and it's a big trust factor, right? That like, okay, I spend more on healthcare and not as much on defense. God damn it, we got bombed. I told you we were going to get bombed. And then, then you create right and left because it's like, it's not even right and left yet. It's Adam and Joe. Adam said we needed to keep spending more money on fucking defense budget. And Joe said, no, we need to save the people. And I'm over here saying, can we please meet in the middle? And they're like, and they're like, and they're like, but if we meet in the middle, we're not going to have the nukes. And I'm like, we can have it all if we just work together. Damn it. Like it's this Alexander method. I'm Alexander the great in this motherfucker. Like I read that dude. I've read that dude my whole life religiously. And I'm like, I will make you my friend first. Like my job is to recruit you into my army and additionally become part of your army. Right. And form this syndicate mm-hmm. that is impossibly undeniably powerful. And if you just kill everybody, like I love when like my buddies are like, yeah, man, or like a chick, you know, like a home girl or whatever. That's like, oh yeah, I popped off. And they're so proud that like they pop off on a motherfucker or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I bet that got you some serious results, didn't it? Like, no, like it got you a bunch of friction and hatred, mm-hmm. potentially your job, potentially your fucking livelihood. You know, I'm like, dude, no, like I always seek to work with people. And I talked to my homie, Jake uh, today about this and, you know, about leadership and about like his business and, I'm like, man, like, he's like, I really don't know like what I'm doing. They're really like not putting me to use and it's frustrating. And like, and they're still like hiring all these people. And I'm like, bro, the answers are like, you got to look first in, in your existing materials and your existing team. Like, it's just like smart budgeting, like, you know, budgeting talent and people and good leadership. And we have to look like, we don't need like more humans. And this isn't a tangent about like, we don't need to make kids, like have kids, whatever. But we do need to look at like what we currently have. Like we keep looking and searching for this new answer and this new thing and this new shit. And like, trying to escape and trying to hide and trying to make and create these new things. And it's like, no, dude, it's like, what we need is more people smoking blunts around a campfire. Like uh, all the world leaders. And that's like the joke in Rick and Morty is he like cures like the, in two seconds, like the president, he, he's like, Oh yeah. Like Rick brought about world peace or whatever. And he's like, how'd you do that? Like Sanchez. And he's like, or to one of his generals. And he's like, Oh, he got them all. Or, he got them in some bar and they smoked some kind of, conscious enhancing hookah and like now there's like world peace and like that's what rogan says right it's like dump dmt into the world's water supply mm. and watch hunger and war and like all this shit and i'm like at at the time like being as sober as a gopher you know like wannabe warfighter i was like man joe is so crazy i was like i bet he's right but man that dude is out there and now after i've done enough dmt to kill a mule i'm like man he's right like let's go <laughs> like dump that shit you know like I feel like we're all this, maybe I talked about it last time, but we're all these cattle, like in this 
pen being led to slaughter. Right. And I feel like I was just that dumb fat cow that was like, man, I'm so hungry. And I just ate the mushroom and I stood up on my back legs. And I was like, Jesus Christ. And I like hopped the fence, you know, I was like, this sucks balls. Like, why are we doing this guys? Like, and then you find there's actually other dudes out here grazing that mm-hmm. hop the fence too. Mm-hmm. And what's sad is that a lot of these guys, and I think too, just developing this theory, I think there's other cattle that are like, eat that, eat that, like still on the side of the thing. And like dudes aren't listening because they're so like, no, they're too afraid to lose their head. Cause like, there's also like their overseers and overwatchers and like, and then, you know, it's like, it's all the same, man. Like we could do this for the rest of our lives and I will, yeah, we will like, yeah, yeah you know, that's the thing, but. No, I, I appreciate that where at this point in time, what's the best way for fellow legacy ninjas to be able to connect with you? For sure. Yeah. Uh, dude, I love the cell phone thing. I'm a big caller, big texture. I don't like business cards. It seems disingenuous to me. So uh, 765-432-8600. Um, you can find me at uh, Riley underscore Smith underscore actual on Instagram. I mean, fucking email riley.j.smith42 at gmail.com. Like, yeah, I'm just getting my presence out there, right? Like it's not from where I come from. It's not cool to like be a media guy and be like all this stuff. And then I was like, oh, actually everyone can fuck themselves that has like the hate stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, no, anybody's welcome to hit me up. Like I'm, I'm a pretty nice guy. I won't talk about sucking and fucking all the time. I promise. <laughs> like I will listen and not transmit uh, all the time, but shit guys, I had a good time. Like nah, I appreciate it. Ultimately, as we're finishing up here, Anybody that's listening to this as a legacy ninja that's looking to dig, if you're in a trouble spot, you're in that mental trouble spot and you need somebody to talk to, I highly recommend reaching out. Patrick, Riley, anybody, any of us here, you can reach out to. So, of course, we do have the hub through the pod page that you guys can go check out. And there is a link in there where people can leave if you want to a voice message of anything that resonated with you, anything that you don't agree with. We're very open to hear the differences because it makes us who we are as humans. And so that's another way for you as our community, as legacy ninjas to connect and just have another way to give back and be yourself and get heard. Yeah. And and we're also going to launch a clubhouse for uh, to have more interaction. Well, I would love for you to join us to be able to have that. So that way, if people do have questions, we can answer in real time. So we'll definitely reconnect with you if you're open to doing yeah. something like that. No, baby. So, but no, truly appreciate <laughs> the uh, support that we have. Everyone that's coming in and becoming part of the community as a legacy ninja. Ultimately, each of us have a story, a message, have something that we're building. And what we're here for is creating that community where you can start extracting it and really pulling it deep and really finding truly what that is for you, for what you're trying to build that way when you're gone. That's the remembering point of what you left and what you've created. And so it's just the the growth point, really finding and helping you find that extraction point. So other than that, we just got the last two segments and while you load up the pod decks, the hot seat for the power of gratitude and thankfulness. So is there anybody at this point in time that maybe you would like to publicly acknowledge or thank? We just feel and what one of the things that we're learning through our journey is just how powerful even just thanking somebody or remembering something publicly or out loud. And there's so much power in regards to that. So is there anybody at this point in time yeah, that you want yeah, to Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Pat, for asking that question. And thank you guys so much for your time and having me on. Uh, again, like the brevity thing, like I'll figure that out maybe <laughs> when I'm like 107. <laughs> but uh, do you know, I want to thank um, 
certainly like the first two people that come to mind are absolutely like my mom and my dad, right? Like they are people that will cover ground for each of their children, no matter what. And they've proven it thousands of times over. I'm so very fortunate for them. Uh, they are the two people that sit on my small circle uh, to my left and to my right. They are absolute ride or die folks. Um, and although we, we get in our arguments and have our quarrels and, and disagreements and things, there's, there's no love lost. And man, I can't say thank you enough to them. And, and I can't wait to where, when the riches do come, I can't wait to, I can't wait to hook those dudes up. And uh, certainly to my uh, homeboy Bronson Chancellor, he is someone that's been there every goddamn step of the way. JP Clancy, um, those dudes are um, getting after it um, in the military, still serving and um, just bad dudes, dudes that will cover ground for you consistently. And they, they've always kept up comms and, and always cared a ton. And so I'm sure I'm forgetting people, but as far as like four people, like who you're going to war with, faux show. Like done, done deal. Yeah, it's awesome. Love it. <laughs> so getting into pod decks here, we'll do a couple questions. First one, this comes from the icebreaker deck. Question is, what kind of person do you want to be in five years? Fuck you, why would you ask that? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the card that came up. In five years, I want to be the person that people look at and they see past the surface level of the sucking and fucking and, and the language and things like that. And I want them to see someone that is that truly cares. And they know that, right? Like in five years, people are going to know, not just know my name for the sake of being fame, famous or whatever, but they're going to know my name because of, of the mission that I lead. And um, th- they're going to see me as an example and they're going to understand that they can be that example too, that everyone can choose to be Bruce Wayne and Batman. I want to be seen as a, as a symbol, not as like, a, like I got my V mask on baby. Like, uh, Oh, that, that's 05 November over here. That's from D for Vendetta. That's you know, remember, yeah, remember, like, that's what that means to me. Mm. Um, anyway, that's the kind of person. What about you guys? For me, I want to be known for helping, right? I mean, but building that legacy of helping whoever, wherever, whenever. And it is a sacrifice, right? It's a sacrifice of time. It's a sacrifice, which we all know time is the new currency. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also sacrifice sometimes to family, sacrifice sometimes to my employees, to work, to myself, yeah. right? And again, I know that's not always going to be like that, but I want to be known for being able to connect people and help people. And, you know, uh, I kind of think of like uh, Bill Walsh, right, from the 49ers. He, how many coaches did he have under him mm-hmm. that went on to win Super Bowls and they had coaches? So I kind of look at my coaching and my business and all my network as kind of like I want to be that Bill Walsh for helping and connecting businesses, local nonprofits, you know, all the different things. Um, and that's my contribution, my philanthropy uh, and, and philanthropic endeavors is basically being able to help the people that are basically responsible for all the things. Yeah, that's awesome. Same for myself, and it, it's building up that way. But ultimately, along with what we're doing with uh, Legacy Digging with Two Native Sons, is to be that person that they know they can come and sit down and talk to and just have that neutral space, non-judgmental, and ultimately that one individual that people are constantly reaching out to just to have that space that a lot of people don't give them and that way they can show up and be their true self and their authentic self and live life how they want to live it and be who they're meant to be yeah that's a great question aren't we so lucky man this is so cool you know being in a a room even a small room right now like or a small circle but but having such like-minded vibrational thought frequency yeah, transmission absolutely. so cool so lucky so the next one comes from how dare you uh so <laughs> it is how did you find out that santa claus is not real 
Dude. Um, what do you mean he's not real? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, well, hold on. Uh, yeah. Hold on, you may believe that. Uh, yeah, uh, Santa Claus is not real. I feel like I was standing in the uh, the corner. I was going to say something about walking in on my dad, banging my mom in a Santa suit or something. And, but I was like, no, nah, I don't say that. Uh, I was like, no, don't say that. Don't ever say that on air. Definitely not something that's going to be on the air. Uh, ever. Now, uh, like, now, I think we were in, the, I was in like the corner of my kitchen at my, at our house in Greentown that they actually just moved out of and sold. And I think, I feel, I feel like I was in the corner closest to like the med, medicine cabinet. You walk in our door and you go right and you bang that right all the way into the corner. And I feel like my mom at some point told me, I, for some reason, like I have that in there. I don't really remember it, but I feel like, you know, and maybe how I'd like to spend it is, uh, you know, she was drunk and high and she was hitting me and she said Santa's not real, you know, <laughs> but she burned me with a cigarette. No, I, I, she didn't. I don't, I don't know how it came out, but I feel like I was in that corner. Mm. Yeah, it's not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was probably in third grade and somebody at school had probably said it and I correlated with the fact that I never got anything that I ever wanted. <laughs> and so I was like, that sounds just like my parents, right? <laughs> <laughs> because I, I always heard the word no so i'm like that makes sense <laughs> yeah, damn that's ice cold man. that makes me feel like such a dick damn i should have fabricated something <laughs> i think yeah i just grew out of it mm. if i remember this is one of those things that it's like you're trying to remember what it was sure and now as being an adult it's one of those things that with kids you're like how far do we take this? Right. How far do we run with this? Yeah. Um, so it's interesting, but honestly, when I said and think about it, I don't recall. I think I may have just grown out of it. Lucky bastard. Lucky <laughs> bastard. Yeah, I, I'm sure that's probably like my mom's gonna fucking call me. Like, you just grow out of it, you stupid dick. Right? Um, so last one is: uh, Would you rather? Would you rather your sneeze sound like a siren or a foghorn? A foghorn, fuck show, man. I think a foghorn. There's something like uh, there's something enchanting about like a foghorn. <laughs> you know like and i also know the foghorn from my time at sea and in the navy and so that siren man that gives you that'll give you the uh, that'll give you the shakes i think the foghorn is a little, a little more i think it's spongebob too like i'm like oh shit there comes that thick ass mrs puff rolling through and i'm like i'm about to get some of that puff and uh so i'm gonna go with foghorn every fucking time it's not even a good question change that up hey that's what it was <laughs> I think I would choose siren here because I would run around the house chasing everybody. <laughs> I'd run up behind people knowing that I was about to fart and pop one, but the siren would scare the shit out of people. It's not farting, though. It's sneeze. Oh, sneeze. Whatever. <laughs> Same thing. What about every bodily function? So, yeah. It comes out. Yeah. Is, is a, a fart just a sneeze from the butt? Yep, exactly. <laughs> it's correct. It's correct. We know there are other forms of sneezes as well. <laughs> I think for me, it's uh, I naturally, when I sneeze anyways, it's loud so it's freaking foghorn all day long so that's how it normally sounds anyways so we always get the best questions when with, with, with the guests i feel like uh when we load the context and the best part is that it's anonymous um that, that siren answer that you gave was pretty insidious that's really fucked up man yeah well <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah that's whatever i mean <laughs> You bring, you bring out the, the worst in me, I guess. Yes, that's, that's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, guys, if. Thank you 
so much for listening to this episode. This is, I think this is a much needed pace that isn't pushed often enough to be authentic, to understand really. I mean, despite like uh, maybe some of the comedy thrown in here, you know, to cover some of the truths or, or to kind of absorb it a little bit, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Riley has been super authentic with everything. We can't thank you enough for not only coming in and doing that, but your willingness to be able to do that because it's not easy, right? And it's not easy to have that, to know what you want to do and how, that you want to do it in a big way because that's a lot of pressure that you have to put on yourself, right? But I think that's a necessary step for you to go nuclear. Your pressure makes diamonds, baby. And I just, <laughs> I'm just really honored to be here and know you too. And I'm excited to continue to, to make impact, try to make impact and change. And I appreciate the opportunity and I will always be here when invited. So, um, and then I'll invite myself. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, guys.